This is WMPG. My name is Dr. Anne, and this is Safe Space, a live show devoted to subjects that are hard to talk about because they make us feel vulnerable, ashamed, or afraid, or just really uncomfortable. My topic tonight is living as a large person, and my guest is Rebecca Weinstein. Rebecca is a businesswoman, legal and social justice advocate, and technology pioneer who has just founded peopleofsize.com. Peopleofsize.com is an online community that provides information, support, and interaction for people of size. Rebecca also happens to hold graduate degrees in law and social work. She's founded four startup companies, most recently working as the CEO of Identity Cops here in Westbrook, Maine. Welcome to Safe Space, Rebecca. Thank you. So I want to ask you um, about the inspiration for the site that you're developing. What what uh, what started you down this path? What made you want to do this? Well, uh, that's really a big question for me. Um, I it part of it is personal experience and um, things that I've gone through in my life and uh, wanting to or coming to a place in my life where I thought I could make some good out of that. Um, and then also because of my personal experiences and of experiences of people I know, um, I, I knew what value that this could have. And I knew that uh, this could be something that really touched lives um, in a way that there's nothing else of its kind. And uh, it could be a place that was very powerful. Um, so it's good, good work and something valuable and sort of cover some basis for me personally. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. So it sounds like it would both be born out of your own experience, but also really offering a contribution to others from that place. Uh, it's, it, it feels good to do a project that is going to make others feel good. Yeah. You know, it's always nice when you can build a business that serve some kind of intrinsic purpose in the world. Right, right. And so ideally, what are your hopes for for how it will help? Um, you know, there are a lot of large people in this country. There are, um, as we are calling them, people of size. And that really covers uh, quite a gamut of people, I guess you really determine for yourself if you're in that category. Um, but according to statistics, uh, two thirds of Americans are considered overweight, and a third of Americans, and this is adults, a third are obese, um, as it's defined by the medical profession, and then a third of children are overweight or obese. So we're not talking about a talking handful about millions of, of people. We're talking about, in fact, the majority of people in this country at this time um, who fall somewhere within the scope of person of size. Um, and for the most part, that's been all negative for them. And... They've been bombarded with all of the things that are wrong with them and 
all of their weaknesses and their flaws and um, their lack of control, but not really given any support for how to deal with that. And um, that's a very difficult situation to be in. Um, you know, to be in the middle of a problem and have everybody around you, um, people you know, the media, your doctor, um, judging you for who you literally are, um, and really having no good outlet for either dealing with that or addressing the feelings that come along with that. Um, so it becomes an extremely complex and oftentimes very devastating issue that just pervades people's entire lives. And um, the way we view this, this whole issue, the, the problems associated with the issue um, are just so tremendously destructive. And I, in my life experience, for what it's worth, I have never seen destruction to be a particularly good way of solving problems. Right, that seems like an understatement. So I wonder if you want to um, spell some of that out. When you say the ways that we think of trying to deal with this are almost all destructive, what are some of those destructive ways that you're thinking of? Um, the way that people deal with being a large person. Um, well, you know, there there are the physical ways that people deal with it, the actual literal ways that they try to address what they perceive as their problem or what they've been told is their problem or what may actually be their problem. Um, and then there, there, there are the emotional ways that people deal with it. And those things are very interconnected, um, but they're oftentimes self-defeating and destructive and only make the problem worse. And are you think when you say that where I'm going in my mind is things like, you know, berating myself, you know, if I eat, if I eat more than I thought I was going to eat or plan to eat, then I criticize myself as thinking that that will help me be better next time, that kind of thing. Criticism and shame has been the staple for how to deal with overweight people for as long as being overweight has been seen as a bad thing in this culture, um, it hasn't always been perceived this way, and it isn't perceived this way in all cultures, but for, you know, the last at least hundred years, um, since people have began to believe that being lean is the good way to be a person, um, Using, using shame and um, criticism and um, both people doing that to others and people doing that to themselves um, is sort of the, the primary motivator. And that works for about a minute. <laughs> you know, that, that works for as long as it works and then it stops working and then... You end up in a vicious cycle where 
it stopped working as a tool and it then creates all kinds of new problems for you. Mm -hmm. Um, New problems like self-hatred, shame, self-blame. Is that what you mean? Right. You know, um, feeling terrible about yourself and feeling that you're weak and worthless and um, you can't do something right that's so important to you. Um, You can't accomplish something that seems superficially, it seems like it would be just so simple to do. Um, Not being able to get that done is, it really screws up your brain. Um, You know, really is tremendously confusing. And, you know, that could be applied to all kinds of subjects, not just weight, but weight is a pretty big one. Um, No pun intended. intended. (laughs) And, um, and it's the best tool that we've had. You know, it's the best tool that people have been, or, you know, they thought that was the best tool for a long time. Um, So far, not so good. Right. You know, we're... The jury's fairly in on that one. Yeah. I I think that if um, shame and criticism, self-criticism and criticism from others was the way to make people lose weight, um, we'd all be thin and um, happy and healthy because there's plenty of that criticism to go around. um, And the population in this country and around the world is not getting thinner. It's getting larger. And so we probably need to find another path. Right. So this is WMPG. My name is Dr. Anne. This is Safe Space. And I'm talking to Rebecca Weinstein about being large in our culture and our society and how peopleofsize.com is this new online community designed to in some ways address some of the isolation as I hear you. You know, you started off earlier by saying that people almost have this kind of relentless input, which is almost entirely negative, and, and, but very little outlet for how to deal with that. And so will, will peopleofsize.com have a place where people can start sharing these kinds of stories and offering each other that kind of understanding, which maybe they haven't had in their families? Well, we are going to have a social networking component to every topic that we discuss meaning that people are going to be able to speak their mind and blog and chat and talk on all these subjects, um, whether it be on medical issues, health issues, fashion issues, relationship issues. Um, A very important part of this is that people communicate with each other about about a subject that is often very uncomfortable for them to communicate about. you know, that's one of the beauties of the internet. Um, there's anonymity. And um, so we have this arena where people really can speak from the heart and get real feedback, um, both emotional and good information, um, in a way where they really can't be judged. I mean, one of the things that so strikes me about this issue in particular is that there's such exposure around it. It's not like other vulnerabilities that people have, because, of course, we all have them, that, but they're not seen. And this is something that is sort of 
always in the room. It's always there. And the internet is, is it seems to me, a particularly wonderful venue in that it isn't, it doesn't have to be such an immediate factor in a relationship. Um, being a large person and that being your problem, mm -hmm. your identified problem in life, is has a lot of very bizarre ironies. Um, everybody has problems. Everybody has something in their life that is their Achilles heel that they've struggled with. It's not that large people are, you know, that their problems are worse than other people's problems, but they're very apparent. Um, you can't hide that from anybody. So um, because you walk into a room with your problem on your body, um, people tend to feel, for whatever reason, that they then have the right to comment on that problem and to judge you on that problem and to offer you advice, um, which is a very strange thing to live with because um, most of us have problems that we get to pick and choose who we share those problems with. Um, right, that whole issue of people offering you advice, I hadn't so much thought about that. That's true because, of course, we all have our Achilles heel, but if it's concealed, then people don't feel so much license. It's almost like being a parent of a small child and a stranger is feeling like they can correct your parenting, you know, and the intrusiveness of that. And um, so is that experience of being offered advice, is that a very common one of being from strangers? Is that? Um, you know, I, I don't, that's a hard question for me to answer because I'm, I'm looking at my life a little bit and trying to remember what it was like when I was younger versus now. Um, I remember as a child and, um, I was, a you know, I started out as a slightly overweight child and then the more help I got, the more the problem got difficult to solve and the more overweight I got. So I got progressively larger with, um, with all of the cures and when I was young and a more vulnerable person people felt very free to tell me what they thought of me told tell me you have such a pretty face tell me about why don't you go on a diet you know um give me all kinds of um advice and criticism and commentary um, at any time, place, it didn't make any difference. Um, as I've gotten older and I personally have become a stronger person, people are much less inclined to do that with me. But that, I don't know if that's the way it is for everybody or it's that I've sort of had to really gain a sense of strength that was tough enough that I could sort of show the energy that you're not allowed to do that to me anymore. Um, mm -hmm. And that's tough. That took a long time. And um, that that's another reason I decided to start this site now 
um, or it's a it's a factor in how I've been able to start this site now. Um, I've actually I actually came up with the idea two years ago, and I really wasn't ready to do it two years ago because I knew that when I did it, I would have to do things like come on the radio <laughs> and talk about right. being a person of size, and you know maybe talk about my childhood or something like that, and. Um, despite the fact that everybody knows who, who has, you know, who can see me that, um, I'm a person of size, it wasn't something I was comfortable talking about. It, it took me years and years. So, you know, I'm, I'm 42 years old and I was 40 when I came up with the idea and now I'm 42 and I'm able to do it. And this is actually the first time I've talked about it in a really public forum. Um, I started talking about it with my business partners um, and listened to myself sit in meetings and tell them all of the secrets of what it's like to be a person of size because um, my business partners are not people of size, you know, just so happens that the people I'm working with aren't. And uh, at the moment, um, well, <laughs> they're not of size at the moment, or we may find people who of size who join <laughs> I get it. either one. But um, so they don't relate to this on the level that, that I do. And so listening to myself tell the stuff that in the past, it would take, you know, I might have to go to a year and a half of therapy to be able to say those words. And now I'm throwing them out in a business meeting or, you know, I'm going to go on radio and talk about it. Um, that took a tremendous amount of personal growth. Um, and, you know, I dare say bravery, although... Um, I don't like really to think about it as being brave. I more like to think about it as, well, it never really should have been that way in the first place. And I finally just got to the point where I could deal with it like a rational person. Um, because I never should have had to be brave about it in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, but nonetheless, that was the reality. So... Um, Now I've forgotten the question. <laughs> I think I have too. I was so moved by hearing what you were saying. You know, you said to me in conversation before this interview that 90% of the so-called problem comes actually from dealing with other people's perception and whether or not you take it to heart. And I'd love for you to say more about that. Um, yeah, I, I made up that number, 90%. That, that's what it feels like to me. Um, to me, there are two very distinct issues um, in being a large person. One is the reality of being a large person, you know, that you're bigger than other people, that you may or may not have health consequences. Um, well, that's really it. Um, and the rest of it, is how people perceive you and how they um, project that onto you. Um, when I was 
first, when I was six and put on my first diet, um, by a pediatrician who knew very little about, well, probably anything, um, I remember it very vividly and, um, and I remember the feeling of being told in an official capacity that I was different and not acceptable. And I was a slightly chubby kid. Um, but being a slightly chubby kid wasn't acceptable and it needed to be fixed. And so I needed to go on a diet. So I was put on a diet at six and that leads to a life of stories. Um, but that was my first experience with how other people's perceptions have affected me. And of course, my parents, not knowing any better, um, took that very much to heart. And that became sort of the center of who I, who I was. Um, and it sort of labeled me as a problem. And um, that, that's been going, you know, that's the life of a person who um, is perceived as having a flaw that they could fix if only they would fix it. Right. If only they had the discipline or the strength of character or something um, that they apparently seem to lack. That's the stereotype. Yeah, and, um, you know, and that, that whole issue of strength of character and um, discipline, I mean, all of that is, is very ironic um, because um, we were talking about this before the show, uh, people often perceive people who are overweight as being lazy and being not caring about their appearance, not caring about their health, um, not wanting to make themselves the best person they can be. Um, but ironically, most people, and it's not people necessarily who are significantly overweight, it may be somebody who's 10 or 15 pounds overweight. You know, it, it's really the range. It, it's really very particular to weight. Um, that people work incredibly hard to address this problem, you know, and whether you're on a diet for six months or six years or 60 years, um, you're struggling and working every single day of your life and fighting and I don't see how it's possible to perceive that kind of person who is willing to fight and fight and fight and lose weight and then gain it back because of the reality of what losing weight does to your body and to your brain chemistry and to your brain, uh, your body chemistry and your brain, you know, how you can perceive that person as being weak and um, lazy. You know, in fact, these are, you know, monstrously strong people. I think perhaps when people are afraid that something could happen to them, 
you know, it's like this human tendency to imagine that I'm so different than them and that'll never happen to me because it must be that they're weak or, you know, I think that people do that to protect themselves from something that they probably feel vulnerable to themselves. Um, I don't know. You're the psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, you know, quote unquote, no either. But I know that when you see, when you see someone suffering, it's a, it's an easy fall, instinctive fallback to think, well, that won't ever happen to me because I would never make the same mistakes that they did. And this is how, this is the kind of thinking that leads to blaming the victim. It's very easy for, for anybody to get to a point in their life and say at any given point, I can't figure out how I got there and look back and say, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I got to that place. I, you know, I'm, I would never let that happen to me. And, but it did happen to me. Um, I mean, that's a pretty natural thing. Um, but I don't know, you know, the perceptions of being overweight are so peculiar at this time in our society. Um, because the perception of what you're supposed to look like is so peculiar in our society. That's right. That's right. This is WMPG. My name is Dr. Ann. I'm talking to Rebecca Weinstein about being a large person. And we just have a little bit more time left. But I want to ask you, so how how do people hold that balance between the obvious and important need to accept yourself in the, especially in the face of so much non-acceptance, with with the reality of some kind of medical risk. I mean, how do how? Because it sounds to me like every attempt to reduce the medical risk actually backfires, and only seems to make it worse. At least that that's been I know that's been so many people's experience. It is one of the really devastating things about this problem in particular is that. The solution causes the problem, and there are there's plenty of science now that talks about what actually happens to your body when you uh, attempt to lose weight and why you gain the weight back and the starvation mode and the chemicals and, you know, the whole process. And there's plenty of research now on how it's uh, more unhealthy to lose and gain weight than to be overweight to begin with. Um, and there's also a lot of propaganda about what the consequences are for being overweight. Um, it's blown tr tremendously out of proportion um, and used as a scare tactic and a, a, a scapegoat mechanism. Um, that's not to say there aren't potentially real consequences. And so you really have to balance that. And it's very emotionally difficult, particularly because there are very few doctors who will, who know enough about the problem and who will spend the time with you to really figure out what and if the health, you know, if there are real health risks to you and um, what they are, um, you know, plenty of people get diabetes who are not overweight. Plenty of people have high cholesterol. Um, plenty of people have high blood pressure. And, you know, those are sort of the primary, oh, you're going to drop dead from those things if you're overweight. Um, there, there are genuine increased risks, but you have to really balance that with 
getting as much information as you can about who you really are and what your real problems are and whether it's really emotional or physical and shut out the world as much as you possibly can because you're just going to be bombarded and it will make you crazy. You know, I'd love to, is there a, is there a, a resource that you can recommend to people for how to get some of that information about how going back up and down and up and down is actually worse for you than being overweight to begin with? Because some of that science you're talking about, I don't think that's widely available. I don't think people know about it. I, I, I'm hoping, will there be that on your, on your site? Um, yeah, and, and the survey that's currently up on our website, um, what I'm finding that most people are interested in is science. I mean, that alone seems so powerful. We are going to have to stop. Why don't you give people the, the website so people can learn more about it? Um, the website is peopleofsize.com, spelled just like it sounds, P-E-O-P-L-E-O-F-S-I-Z-E.com. And please visit and take our survey and join us. We're on Facebook and Twitter now as well. Rebecca Weinstein, thank you so much for being my guest. It's been really a pleasure to talk to you. This is Dr. Ann at WMPG at Safe Space. I've been talking to Rebecca Weinstein about living as a large person here in the U.S. She's founded a new online community called peopleofsize.com where you can learn more about these issues. If you'd like to contact me with a request or a suggestion for a future topic, please email me at drannwmpg at gmail.com. That's dr.annewmpg at gmail.com. Coming up next is Allison with Money Talks.